Oh, man. If there was ever a song that gets me melancholy and really just gets to me, that is it. That is WJB Project, my boy Wayne up in Canada and his song Satellite. I love that song. It's so emotional. It gets me every damn time. And I am so excited. I have you guys here now for Backstage with Spike, episode 16. This is fucking awesome. Uh, I have somebody here tonight that I've been waiting to interview since day one, since the first episode. And we're finally going to get to it today. And I am here with Adam Hyman from South Carolina. I've been wanting to get this man on the show from episode two okay and things just didn't work out he was busy and we couldn't get together but i have him here now finally adam how you doing brother i'm doing pretty good spike how are you thanks for having me on man you are welcome i'm, I'm doing better now that you're here trust me <laughs> <laughs> so but you're down in uh, south carolina what's it like with the covid uh situation are you guys opening back up or you know uh is the club scene happening or not yet well, there's an expression that they say on the radio stations down here. It's uh, mask up and get down, you know. So they've taken the whole having to wear a mask thing, obviously, and turned it into, you know, something cool, you know, right, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, in answer to your question, absolutely, yes. There are uh, a lot of uh, local bands are back out playing again, and uh, it's it's great to see. You know, I, I could add to that and tell you, Spike, I mean, you're not going to find a band around here at least in a 100 mile radius that even knows who black sabbath is but <laughs> okay. that's that's all fine and good you know is, you is, it like, is it like here where i am in florida is it like everybody's playing like you know uh, margaritaville and that type of stuff <laughs> oh jimmy buffett reigns supreme it, it seems <laughs> but uh yeah exactly exactly Dude. so I'm in yeah. a restaurant, but I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm in a restaurant <laughs> business. And if I hear Margaritaville one more time, I'm going to blow my brains out. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so go ahead. Anyway, so uh, I'm not going to say that's part of the reason why I sit in my little office uh, room and make music all by myself. But it, yeah, it, it's, it is a major reason. Uh, just can't really. Uh, when I first moved down to South Carolina, I'm from New York originally first moved down here i couldn't find players you know people didn't know who robin trower was or <laughs> right. you know leslie west i mean you know they, they don't you know what i mean so it was difficult it was difficult so um yeah uh just decided i'm gonna invest some money and just put together a little studio of my own and start making music awesome. simple as that so what part of new york are you from i'm uh i'm from jackson heights queens okay i'm from sheepshead bay coney island brooklyn whoa forget about it forget about it is right forget about it <laughs> yeah. that's a whole nother subject of discussion we're going to need a lot more time oh yeah just to talk about brooklyn yep i'm telling you now i was born in brooklyn and uh anyway so the company i've been with since 1992 announced that they were uh, relocating from long island um that's where i met my wife um oceanside long island is where she's from and uh yeah the company uh decided to pick up and move to South Carolina. So that's how we ended up here. This wasn't a random, you know, Oh, okay. So move. you followed the job. In other words, that's correct. We relocated with the company at their expense. Thank okay. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, I mean, I'm down here now in Southwest Florida. I'm on, you know, Marco Island. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, the bottom dropped out. I was a trader on wall street for 25 years. I was oh on God. the, um, uh, you know, I was on the American Stock Exchange trading floor for 17 years. I was on a New York floor for eight years. And then when the bottom dropped out, if you were an MAT graduate that could write algorithms, you're out. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So that was the end of that. So sold the house, sold the cars, sold the bikes, all that stuff, and moved down here to Florida. It's another world. It's another world, I'm sure. Just the same way I feel in, in South Carolina, even after, you know, we're about 17 years here still there are times and i'm sure you feel it from time to time not to say a fish out of water right but uh it's you know it's it, it's different that's all i'm gonna say it's just different it's, it's just different nice i'm being, putting it. being very uh respectful and politically correct yep i mean I, I i got used to it now because again like again like you i'm on new york time let's go let's go let's go you know what i'm saying and here right. he's on island time you know but you got it once you get used to that it's not so bad you know work is work if you go to work and then when you get home i mean i live in shorts and flip-flops my wife and i go out to dinner it's a 
Tommy Bahama shirt and, you know, a pair of shorts and flip-flops, and we go out to dinner. I mean, I haven't worn, like, actual shoes in, like, 12 years, you know? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so, so speaking about, like, recording, um, you, you were in on the collaboration there with Robot Gods, right? Yes, I was. The, the, the yes, latest, I was. Uh, what was that, Beneath the Hate? Yes. And so, um, now, did you play guitar in that too, or did you do vocals? What what, what was your contribution to that? Well, um, it started with a riff that uh, began from, uh, I wish I knew the gentleman's name from uh, the band Carmilla. Oh, Akon, yeah. Akon, and yeah. Uh, he, he just shared, he shared with us um, a riff, and I heard lyrics in my head right away. And I, I, I volunteered and said, I'll tell you what, how about I just throw some lyrics down and I'll share it with everybody. And just just take it from there right and i did that and once oh my goodness once dave from you know dave ninth revival yep, yep and, and of yeah. course trey um aaron ukrainian uh and then of course demon scar gets involved it right. just uh man it just took on shape all by itself it was like effortless i think for everybody involved it was like it wasn't like a pain. It was, it was fun. It was, and Natalie from Carmilla. I mean, this girl, oh man, I oh, don't she's know. Incredible. She could sing like an angel one minute and she's the devil the next, you know? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So I guess uh, the, the question that you're asking if, uh, what, how was it for me or when I got involved with it or, well, look, there's, there's part of me that, um, I, I'm not of a lot of the same style, but, I was honored that they had, they even considered, you know, asking me to do vocals and a lead guitar solo part. Right. Along with the rest of the guys, you know, I was honored. Well, that's something, that's something I want to say. Older guy, not as old as you. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) But I just found that out just a couple of minutes ago. I had to throw it in your face. All right. So we're going to play that way. I got it. I got it. Okay. Hey, it's a New York thing. You know what I mean? It's a New York thing. Forget about it. Tough skin. Tough skin. So, so, uh, anyway, I was, uh, I was kind of like, I I don't know. I I don't do the growling. Uh, the music I listen to truth be told doesn't involve a lot of that type of vocal style. I'm not going to say that I am not a fan. I'm a fan, but, Sorry, I'm putting on Dio or Rainbow or right, Zappa, right, right. But, you know, and it's he- like it's funny. I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to. You already hit on three points that I wanted to get on. Is that um, I know a lot of some of the stuff is not your style, but you command such respect. I mean, I you, you're an, you're an old you know workhorse like me. You've been around a long time, but yet you know the younger generation. You know, I think it's awesome that they include you because you can pull off anything you know what i'm trying to say it's like i know it's not your 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 way of doing it or you know i don't use the word genre <laughs> i knew you see thanks. i was gonna thanks. say I felt like, you're like I felt that coming okay I felt that coming and i was like i saw the cringe you know a minute there <laughs> but yeah, what i'm I trying to say word. is you know it's like you you get such respect that you know people want you in on this because they know you what you're capable of and you could you could pull off almost anything you know what i'm saying and it's awesome Look, and again, you know, we, we spoke, you know, earlier before the interview interview spike. And I mean, it's not a matter of a lack of confidence because that's not what this is about. It's just the origins in which I, you know, I came from musically. Right. You know, they still hold very true and, and close to to my heart, if if you will. So, yeah, I I could even tell you, I remember when people friends of mine fellow musicians years ago in college were like hey check out this this band iron maiden and i was so engrossed in zeppelin and sabbath and hendrix and cream and right you know i, I was so the who i i, I didn't want to go near it i i, I didn't I, I was against it at first you know and then of course i've obviously whatever evolved and embraced it in a big way you know I don't even know what the hell I'm saying right now. It's, I guess my point is that I could take compliments, you know, I can, I could take compliments, but at the same time, there's part of me that feels like I'm not doing anything that's so spectacular. That's so special. I mean, none of us are, if you think about it, I mean, especially now, like you record at home, like, like, 
you know, I've been asking every single interview I've done, I've always asked, you go to studio, you know, do you record at home? And we're all doing the same thing. And is this, there is a multitude of millions of us out there doing this now. So right. there's nothing so special about any one of us, you know what I'm saying? But Well, I will say this, and this isn't being boastful, and I'm just going to tie it into what you had said about, you know, how the, these guys want me involved in what right. they're working on because of, the I guess, the versatility that I show. I mean, I'm playing, you know, I, I, yes, I create songs like everybody else, you know, right. and, um, and come up with lyrics, bar chords, lead solo, always, you know, there's got to be a lead solo in every song. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Okay. You know, that's, that was, that used to be a standard. I don't know if that. Right. I'm, I'm from anymore. the same generation as you. Now I'm starting to write songs without the solos. Cause I know a lot of them, they have the breakdown rather than the solo, but I got you. Well, can I just elaborate on just that, that in itself? Okay. It was um, something that was ingrained in me a long, long time ago. And it was, uh, I was told, listen to the band Cream. Not so much the the music in the, the song, um, uh, the rhythm of the song, but listen to what happens when Clapton solos. Listen to what's going on behind the solo. Really listen. Um, and I did. Right, and you just got Jack and Bruce and Ginger Baker just cooking in the background. Exactly. And what they're doing is just, for, for me as a musician all of my life, I was not to say more impressed, but you really listen to what Jack and, and Ginger Baker were doing while Clapton is wailing. I mean, they're soloing, you know, they're keeping the song together, but they're not just holding down a basic four, four, you know, they're not just hanging on one note, like, a, you know, other bands may tend to do when, when their, their uh, lead guitar player is playing, you know? So I was always impressed with that. And it stuck with me along with, of course, Paige and, and, and what Bonham and, you know, John Paul Jones, right. You know, when Paige goes into a solo, Oh my goodness. Listen to what John Paul Jones and John Bonham were right. doing. My, my favorite of that, that genre is, and there's that word, uh, it's all right. I'm, it's an I'm, inside I'm joke. It. It's just for anybody listening to this it. episode. It's an inside <laughs> joke between me and Adam. Okay. But, uh, my, one of my all time favorite from, from that generation, from that day is grand funk. Oh and man! Especially, I mean, uh, back in the day when I played in the bands, I I played bass a lot, uh, in 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 bands when I was younger, and I love Mel Skaka. And if you listen to um, the Grand Funk, the Red Album, okay, you have uh, Don Brew on drums coming out of both speakers, and then you got Mark Fauna, his guitars coming out of the right speaker, and Mel Skaka's bass is only coming out of the left speaker. So if you were to take it and just turn to the left, you would just hear the bass and the drums unbelievable what they were doing and just cooking away in the background it was just it was insane you know yes. and it's and, the same thing you what you're what? talking about and that's what you don't know you can't put your finger on it but that's it that's why the song is so fucking awesome there was there was a post on twitter someone had, had uh complained like a voice they, they complained that the way the beatles recorded okay. how they would do what you're describing they would pan you know guitars that's uh, what they had back then that all was all right Look, and then look the, at the Jimi Hendrix solos have been fade from left to right speaker, left to right speaker. They go back and forth, back and forth. That's what all they had, really. Well, I'll tell you what. I didn't reply to that post, to that that post, because first of all, it it really it's it's upsetting to me that someone that is a self proclaimed musician could be, I guess, that uh, ignorant. In the yeah yeah ignorant. That's it. You know, and that that really that kind of stuff grates on me. This is already getting skin. E ratings, so say what you want to say. <laughs> I apologize. No. And and of course, you know, and I have to make mention look, I have to make mention of Black Sabbath. Right. These comparisons of, of my singing to Ozzy all the time. Yeah. Listen, man, I'm not I, I I'm the guitar player in the band. I've always been the guitar player. I you know, we had a front man right. in every band I've ever been in. Not to say that I don't mind singing. Right. But the only reason why I'm singing now is because I'm doing all this shit by myself. What am I going to do? Invite some some like guy walking down the street and just say, hey, you, you know, come and lay down vocals on this, you know. So, yeah, I'm doing vocals. But truth be told, I mean, for years of my life, I just I played gigs and I was happy to be the lead guitar player and have right, a right. man. But I tell you what, and though, I, being compared to Ozzy is not a bad thing neither, you know. Look, I discovered 
Spike, there's a very simple thing to do, and it's nothing scientific. It's it's not like uh, you know I, I do anything that's so over the top. I might double my vocal track, and the only reason why I do that, to be honest with you, is because I smoke. Sorry, I smoke cigarettes. It's terrible. I, I'm not proud of that. I'm really not. So I needed more strength to my voice, and and in doing so, it almost gave an Ozzy type, I guess, effect. Right, right, right. And before I know it, I'm getting this these compliments from people I don't know. Yeah. Dude, you sound like Ozzy, dude, Ozzy, 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 Ozzy. You know, it got to a point where I, was, I just, you know, I just started to accept it. Like, okay, okay, whatever, whatever. I guess I sound like Ozzy. I don't know. I think that's inherent anyway. Like, you know, um, you know, you'll put out a song and people will be like, oh, dude, that's awesome. It sounds like corrosion of conformity. Dude, that's <laughs> awesome. That's like Judy's Priest. You know, everybody compares it. You know, it's a reference point. You know what I'm saying? So, Absolutely. Like I said, and it's just human, nat- human nature to, you know, put that to something that they can identify with. Um, you know, I, I think I, I love the way you sing. I'm Like Thank I said, you. I would love to have you sing on a couple of my songs. Right off the bat, I want to have you do it. But I wasn't I would love sure. To do it. How do you send stems? Do How do you do this shit? I don't know. Well, you know, Dropbox. It's taken me a while to get the hang of it. You could ask... Uh, <laughs> You could ask uh, the guys with Robot Gods what I went through. I was sending them like all the wrong, you know, stems, and like I was screwing it up. That's it's like, like Adam, you just sent me like you just sent me like a, a whole stem of silence, but that's cool. Yeah, you that's know? cool. That's so, so nice. Of that, that, right? That's cool. So I don't do it every day. If I did it often, I I know how to do it. You know. So yeah, yeah. We eventually, obviously, obviously figured it out. It's but like, uh, Trace CEO is singing on one of my new songs that's coming out. Um. I mean, I'm not going to go into it now, but uh, I'm revamping the whole thing, what I'm doing now. And mm-hmm. um, this song that's going to be coming out soon, it's just me and Trey. That's it. It's just two guys. And he taught me how to send, you know, the snare, stem, the bass, snare. You know, it's, like, it's like, Jesus Christ. I said, he goes, this is what you have to do. That's, like, a, this whole, is insane. that's a whole other. Listen, that what you're describing right now, yeah. Spike, that that's a whole nother world of, of understanding that I I would take that, it would take me a lot to like grasp. Yeah, that. it's like that's why I've been shying away from all this crap with chiming in with people, you know. I'm used to like a Tascam Porta studio, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I used to have that Forget the, about the, it. the Tascam four track, yeah. I remember that. Wasn't that long ago. I still had it somewhere. I don't know what actually I don't know <laughs> what happened to it, but I, I did have it not that long ago still. Um old school just like you, and I don't mean old as an you know insult, sir. Um, but uh, I I could say that uh, I could have been involved in recording music digitally many 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 years earlier prior, but because I'm stubborn, I had this I had this um, perception that those that utilize the computer to make music are fakers. They're yeah. not real musicians. No. They could press a button and have an instant band. Right, and, right, right. I, and I was so, I'm so prideful in my music and everything that I play really does come from my heart and soul. Right. I thought, how can you take, even if it's noisy, by the way, or it sounds like Ozzy or whatever you want to call it, um, how could you take your heart, your soul, in the music that you make and, tr- and, and transform that through um, a hub into a computer well obviously i've learned now but i could have and i'm not saying i have regrets maybe a little bit okay but the truth of the matter is and i've said this in in so many conversations with other musicians listen with all the editing capability that we all have using digital software our own daw right i'm going to tell you now you could potentially remove every last bit of heart and soul that you put into that that song and leave nothing but a machine and you've removed everything that made it real you know and and i swore to myself i would never do such a thing i'm gonna leave the breaths in between vocals i'm gonna leave the pick scrapes uh i'm gonna do that because that's that's being real man that's what I grew up with. I'm not going to take out these things. I, I've much, uh, I mean, anybody that's been following my shows, I mean, this is episode 16. I say eight out of 16 of these episodes, I bring up my son's band, um, which is like, you know, they're doing punk rock and stuff. And, you know, his, my stuff, I'm doing like, I'm doing opposite what you're talking about. I cut it out. I make it all perfect, you know. His stuff has got all those imperfections in there. I'm like, dude, seriously, you're going to put this out? He's like, yeah, well, that's, that's the way it is, you know? 
you know, it's I think you could get away with that. In my, in my, in my opinion, I think you can get away with that more. You know, because punk has never changed. Punk is still punk. It's attitude. It's It's all about attitude. It's supposed to be raw. It's supposed to be raw, and it's supposed it's supposed to sound like yeah, like um, whatever. Like it's it's just off the cuff. Like we get on we get out on the stage, punk band, Ramones, whomever, Sex Pistols, get out on stage, plug in and play. And if uh, somebody throws up uh, during the middle of, of the performance, <laughs> that happened. Yeah, you know, definitely. If somebody tripped and fell, and then they busted their head, that happened. Right. You know, it's just part of the whole anarchy or the whole movement. And I'm glad. I'm happy. I'm actually happy to hear that your sons, you know, embrace that. Your oh, they got that whole that attitude. On. Yep. I mean, they got songs called Dick Rash and Smoke Break. <laughs> They're going to be, this stuff's going to be coming out soon, you know. And it's all like, again, there's all these little like imperfections and stuff. He's like, no, we're leaving that in. I was like, you know what? I give you props for that. That's fucking cool. Yeah. And I, and I guess, you know, I, I, one of the words that I was thinking of before that I wanted to say about, you know, editing music is polish. You yeah. can polish it to the point where you've polished it so much. You got nothing left, man. You've, you've removed everything that, you know, came from your heart. Right. You've, there's you've no more nuance. A, yep. You've turned it into, there's, you know, and I, I've had, and again, I've had this conversation with many other musicians about, you know, you have to reach a point where you, you know, stop, stop. Yeah. And I have to stop myself too, you know, where it's like, okay, you know, I'm done. It's good. I'm going to release it. It's good. You know, and I, I struggle with that. Um, messaging through Twitter. You know, I'll send, you know, little clips to uh, fellow musicians. Maybe it's Trey, you know, or, you know, one of the guys from Demon Scar, you know, meds, whomever. And I'll say, hey, give me an honest opinion here. What do you think of this? And if it sucks, please tell me it sucks. Yeah. yeah you know, you know I've, I've had that conversation with other people. If I ask your opinion, please don't spo- blow smoke up my skirt. I'm asking absolutely. you, Adam, what do you think of this? You could say, you know what? It's mm-hmm. kind of flat. I don't like the way it goes. Yep. But tell me, yep. man, you know? And I'll give you that. And I will give you that. And that's what I expect in turn from other musicians. Right. You know, tell me, tell me, tell me what you, you really think. Right. You know, because that's, that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Hell, I'm asking for it. Right. I don't need the, oh, it's wonderful. I mean, give me a break. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I really, uh, I mean, I don't know how else to put it, but that I appreciate so much, um, really, what Demon Scar began with the whole indie underworld rocks. Yep, yep, great if idea. If I'm not mistaken, I, I think that's that's where it all began. And uh, look, I, and I've said to him not that long ago, look, look where this is, look where everything is now. I mean, we're, I, I, I guess I was one of those guys that was involved in the original movement, and here it is, an army now. You know, and there are guys that want in. There's bands that want in on something that started as just a, a handful of of rockers. You know, hard rock. But what I think is heavy metal. What I think is awesome is like now I'm from New York too, like you. But you know, when I started playing, I played Lamores. Uh, I used to play CBGBs, uh, all that shit. And mm. back then, the other band was the Enemy. I don't know about your experience, but we used to play these shows. We used to do like say Slam Fest at CBGB's, and it'd be like fifteen bands playing. It's like, and everybody was like, you know, looking at one another like they want to kill one another. You're the enemy. So when we had the amps, we had the amps lined up on stage. We always had to leave at least somebody there to watch it because who's going to take you know your um, fuse out of the amp? Who's going to knife your speaker? Because they want you to fuck up and look like shit, you know. Now, though, getting back into it, everybody's cool. It's like I support Adam. You know, Adam supports Demon Scar. Demon Scar supports, you know, uh, uh, Valamagules. We're all there for one another. You know, back in the day, it was like, fuck you. I want to watch you fall on your face. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's not like that I, I no mean, more. I put a lot of thought, just as you do. I put a lot of thought into where I was, you know, where I came from. And here we are, old men, you know, um, and and I think back to what it was like back then and how much there there was there was so many bands that you couldn't get in. There were so many bands. The comp the level of competition was just it was off the charts. I mean, you know, so absolutely I could see a band, you know, sat, trying to sabotage a, another band's gear or even no matter how terrible that, that sounds. But I could under I could almost understand that, you know, in a 
again, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I mean, right. it's it's terrible to do that. I, re- I remember seeing, you know, people like, you know, the bands that are playing after you lined up in front of the stage, heating up quarters, you know, with a lighter and then flicking them up at you on the stage. You know what I'm saying? Are you serious? Yeah, dude. I mean, we opened up. It's like, it's funny. It's like, I could say I opened up for, for Twisted Sister at Lamore's. I was the 19th band before Twisted Sister came on. You know what I'm saying? So everybody's trying to everybody's trying to fuck one another up. You know, we wanted to be the one that stood out. You know, maybe sure. Twisted Sister would take us on tour. It was all that type of shit, you know? We opened up for Saxon, you know? Oh, but but again, wow. like I said, they're heating up these quarters and pennies and nickels and flicking them up at you. It's sticking on your skin. It's going. It would melt through drum skins. If it landed on a drum skin, it'd go right through like butter. I never heard that before, oh, and I have to tell dude. you, listen, the the, uh, the war stories yeah. and the musicians and countless musicians I've known all of my life. I used to play know, Newark, New Jersey, all the badass crazy Never places. heard that. Oh, yeah. I never heard that before. That's yeah. that's a first for me, and, and that's, wow, that's That's where I was in Brooklyn. Where I, where I grew up in Brooklyn, it was tough shit, you know, and it's like, unless I physically, like you were my brother or cousin in your band, you know, otherwise it was like, you're the enemy. You know what I'm saying? We did any, you know, anybody would do anything they could do to fuck up the other band. It was a horrible time. Wow. Wow. I just remember it was impossible to get into certain places to play. <laughs> and you put, you send in your demo tape. Yeah. You and the demo tapes. Yep. Tape to the DJ. And I meant that in a literal sense, a demo cassette tape. Cassette tape. tape uh, yeah. Uh, kitties. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and you better um, have it queued up to the song you want them to hear, because otherwise, the moment they pop it in, if you're like, "No, no, no, go to the next song," like, eh, "Get out of here, you're out." <laughs> here's the problem. Here's the problem that I ran into was um, the band that I was in the longest. Um, it was it was too much of a party, and and I, and I'm again anything I say of myself, it's not being boastful, Spike. It's just telling it like it is. I was I was more dedicated than anybody else to the music. I'm not saying I was a saint. But I'm going to tell you that when it came to the music, yes, I took it more seriously than anybody else. You know, um, so took it more serious than my grades in school. Yep. It was, yeah. I mean, it, it just about, but it, it got to a point where um, I said, "Look, here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a room at the Queen's Music Building, same place that Anthrax and Metallica had rooms at, um, and we're going to rent one of the rooms, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You could." rehearse anytime any day and it was awesome they had like security and you put your own padlock on the doors and it was a it was a giant building it was huge big big building building anyway long story short i said this is is either we're going to get really good really fast or this is going to be a complete waste (laughs) and i'm not trying to be depressing here but look man the drummer no he just you know, too much time partying. Right, right. He's intoxicated most of the time. Yep. You know, the the bass player was half committed. Right. But so at the, at I the team, time, I teamed too, up with how a, old are you guys? I teamed up. Uh, You're young, um, right? Yeah, in my twenties. Yeah, all right. In my twenties, then. Yeah. So I teamed up with um these two brothers, um from Long Island. Um, I could say that probably one of the best bass players and drummers I've ever met in my life. Okay. So we put together a power trio and um I'm gonna tell you right now, we were good. We we're good. Yeah. I mean like we were we were good. Right, right. We were um so the plan was to move to California and uh I priced what it would cost to have my vehicle. It was a seventy nine Nova hatchback. <laughs> anyway, to have it loaded with all my gear, whatever clothes I had and have it transported to California and uh, didn't make the trip. Didn't go. It was only like a few hundred dollars to, to do that back, you know, back then didn't do it um, for reasons. Um, Just didn't do it. Anyway, it was a good thing. It turned out that I didn't go to California with the two um, rock and roll brothers, friends, um, because things really did not work out. Uh, But I, I spent a lot of my years playing with various types of musicians of different types of music um from funk to man i mean you just have steely dan and then in a in a and one of the things that really helped me out a lot was um i became one of the the key guys for an open jam 
um, at a place in Queens uh, called Castle Heights. And Castle Heights was the type of place where Steve Harris of Iron Maiden would walk in. Um, you'd see the drummer from, I don't know, Overkill sitting at the end of the bar. It was, it was, um, it was a small place, but guys that were, you know, just wanted a beer, just want to have a beer, didn't want to be bothered with, you know, crowds of people. They would go to Castle Heights because it was a smaller venue and you could sit in a place that has gargoyle statues and it's, it's cool. And that was like the bottom line in New York city. Exactly. There's another the little tiny line. little place down a basement, you know. That's right. That's yep. that's the right. I remember line. the bottom line very well. Yep, we used to play there too. <laughs> the stage was only yeah. six inches tall. I think like yeah. downstairs, like maybe forty people could fit in there. That's it. But yeah, it was, it, yeah. was, it was the place to be, you know. But I'll tell you what, I played uh almost almost five years I played that open jam, and there'd be a million drummers that show up, of course. Right. And everybody plays guitar. The shortage was bass players. So I started playing bass. Which is why, yeah, same thing, why I played bass in a New lot. York when I was younger too, because nobody wanted to play it. And you I could it. be in five bands in one, one, at one time playing bass. So, so yep. we, had, um, we had the guys from Loudness. Remember the band Loudness? Loudness, sure, Japan? yeah, from, from Japan, yeah. Yeah, well, they would come down and uh, jam with us on Monday nights. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, that's cool. how cool this place was. Yeah. So... And then, then we would sit at the bar and have beers and shots and laugh, you know, and just a great time. But so I, I from there, I said, you know what? I'm going to really start to learn some songs here. So I started to take on the bass and learned, like I said, everything from, yeah, Steely Dan to Slayer and everything in between. <laughs> yeah. So so we get a guitar player and a drummer come up on stage and uh, they come to me and, and I'd say, OK, what do you guys want to play? And they'd say, hey, uh, you know any Slayer? And I'd say, okay, um, Rain and Blood, oh God, yeah. um, Dead Skin Mask, or whatever. I'd run down a list of the songs that I know how to play on bass. Right. You know, of Slayer. And then from there, if they, whatever, they want to do something else. So, okay, yeah, I could I could do this, that, you know, you want to do this by Motorhead. You, anyway, so long story short, that was really very helpful for me. Right. As far as um, just widening the whole range of of music um really that was that was dynamite that really helped me out a lot expanding the horizons as they say yep you know i got more to add to that but i'm gonna stop because i'm babbling now go ahead (laughs) no you're fine i tell you what though now that we're gonna take a break i tell you what we've been going on for about the 30 minutes half hour here um i know people who don't know your music are probably done here well what is this guy all about so um, we're going to play a song now called Destination from Adam Hyman. Adam, uh, Destination, any kind of like background story on this? Oh, man. Okay, so when I sit down to make music, I really have no preconceived ideas for the most part. Um, like I'm, like today I'm going to sit down and write a song about um, a water fountain. It so happens the water fountain going over there. Um, you know, so it, it, that kind of just happened. Um, the inspiration, that that photo, the album art, my wife and I go to the beach often and we look for shark's teeth and stuff. It's what you do when you get old. Um, so I don't know. She, she took an awesome picture of the sun, the sunrise and she's a sunshine girl. She loves that stuff. And you know, she's gotten me into it. So I could say that I looked at that picture and I thought, man, you know, who wouldn't want to make this your destination? You know, it's a, it's a really beautiful picture. If you look at the album art, if you happen to have it, you know, up on the screen or you could pull it, you know, at some point you'll see what I'm talking about right away. It's like, it's a fantasy. It's like, it's where you want to, man, it's where you want to retire. So I don't know, somewhere in between the way I drive, you know, which I happen to be a little heavy footed to New York thing. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, So tying it together with getting to your destination um, and driving, (laughs) Right. <laughs> it's really not a deep rooted thing. I'm I'm sorry for the letdown. <laughs> I'm sorry. But that's really just about it. It was just as simple as that. You know, you want to get to your destination and you know, you might drive a little fast doing that. All right. <laughs> hey, this is destination by my boy Adam Hyman. Check this out.
was destination by my boy adam hyman adam gotta ask you a question um guitars like do you have a, a preference are you like a gibson guy a fender guy ibanez like what like you know do you have a preference to like what you like to play a uh, play off of you know how i look at uh name brands of instruments similar to i guess you know you're either a chevy or a ford or mopar kind of guy right um for me yeah gibson um and i'm talking about old 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 gibson les pauls you know uh, american made heavy as hell uh leave a, a deep mark on your shoulder when you, you you play it for 10 minutes you know that's 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 a gibson um so yeah i have uh, an allegiance to the gibson les paul no question um i recently bought a jackson i don't even know um just just so i could have a, a, a tremolo bar because i wanted to just work in some I don't know, do something a little bit different. Right, um, right. Uh, so I got that through um, Sweetwater. Okay. It's a couple of hundred dollars. It didn't break the bank. It was, it's a nice guitar. What did Looks, you get, like a dinky? The Jackson dinky or? Um, yes. Okay, cool. It's a, it's a dinky. Yeah. And it's, um, I, I mean, it's, it's I, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. But sometimes it seems like when I'm getting serious about a song, when I'm trying to lay down tracks, I'm like, yeah, I got to. I, I got to put this away and pick up the Les Paul. It's like, it, it's like that comfortable uh, pair of pants or that, you know, the shoes that you're co most comfortable with. You always end up putting those on, you know, I feel that way with the Les Paul. It's like it just, an, as they say, an extension of yourself, you know, you, the instrument that you oh, play. Yeah. That's what it is for me. Well, it's um, like, you know, you can use the Les Paul for like the meat of the song and then you could pick up, you know, the Jackson, you know, with the tremolo arm for your flavor, you know, or for the accents. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I really do try to do that. I try to do that. Um, right. And when, you, when you're one person, something I really, really have tried to uh, accentuate in the music I create is I want to make it sound like there's two guitar players. Right. I got you. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, I, don't, sure. I don't think we should both have Marshall stacks. Like, you, you're you okay with your Fender or Orange in that corner over there. Yes. I'm going to go in this corner, and I'm going to have my Marshall or whatever. You know, and so I'm always trying. That's always something forefront in my mind when I'm laying down rhythm and, of course, going to lead solos. You know, that I'm trying to, I, I, I think, Priest. You know, I think, you know. Yeah. You know, two guitar K.K. Downing. Yeah. And Glenn Tipton. Sure. I think that way. It's it's just that happens automatically. It's not anything forced. It's just I, I think that way. Maiden, whatever. Any other band that has you know dual 
you know, two um, guitar players. Right. Um, the bass I have, look, I didn't spend a lot of money on it. It's a Yamaha bass. I bought it brand new. It's right. uh, It does the job. I'm not gigging. I'm not doing world tours. I don't need, you know, a 73 precision, you know. Right, this right. This does the yeah, job. You just want to put down some bottom to the song, of course. Yes, and that and it works. Yeah, I'm really happy when I um I have a twelve string, I have a, str- a twelve string Yamaha acoustic electric, and I got to tell you, it's a yes, it's a bitch to to tune it. It's it's <laughs> changing even, uh, strings is fucking insane. You just beat me to it. That's that's <laughs> um that's one of the biggest tasks I think for anybody is to change out you know the strings on a twelve string guitar. Uh, yeah, so um, but I I love coming up with musical ideas where I can incorporate the 12 string. Right. I love that. You know? Well, it's funny. You're talking about like bass, like, you know, I bought for putting down when I, um, we used to have, you know, I had two bass players coming over here, I had two drummers coming over all that shit, you know, but for myself, when nobody's around, you know, I want to put down the tracks and move this stuff out. You know, I bought a $200, you know, Squire bass, you know, that, uh, the JP sure. bass. And it was fine, you know. But then, yeah. you know, my son goes out and he's like, he buys a Fender Aerodyne. Dude, this thing is incredible. He paid a thousand dollars for this thing, and it's like, holy shit. So really? you know, the squire now just sits like, you know, up on a shelf somewhere, like collecting dust. But it was fine, like you're saying. You just I'm just looking to put down a bottom line. I just want to put some, you know, bottom end to this song. If there's not to be anything crazy, you know yeah and and my thinking was it's it's not that i'm saying that the bass isn't important because absolutely the bass without the bass you've got nothing without without you know the bottom end in the song you've got nothing you've got you've got zero you know so it is very important to me but you know uh, we had said before about choice of amplification and uh the truth of the matter is my amps from the gigging days and stuff yeah i have them but they sit and do nothing because i now utilize amp sims yep plugins yeah i'm not com- i'm not yeah i'm not complaining i'm not complaining about it but i'm i'm just going to put it to you this way you take a drop down arrow right you know and put your pointer to it and you've got an arsenal of yeah 40 different cabinets oh yeah all different types of heads yeah you got a triple rectifier you know what what a mesa 412 bottom all is just by clicking a mouse Absolutely. And then you could EQ it and you could add whatever effects you want. And, you know, it's, it's limitless. It's the way know? to go. So, I just find it funny. Like, again, you and I are the same age group. I still find it like hard for me to drop $200 for an amp sim. And it's to me, it's still, it's not real. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's like spending $800 for an amplifier that's going to be rolled into my studio now is one thing, but spending yes. $200 on something that isn't tangible to me, I still I find agree. it a hard time wrapping my head around that, you know? I agree. I, I, I could echo those same sentiments. I feel the same way. I haven't, and I have to tell you, I've um, most of what I use is stock. Okay. You know, whatever the software came with originally, Right. that's what I use. That's what I use. And so to me, if, if you take the time to EQ it, um, you could make anything sound like get the tone that you're looking for. You right. just have to be patient, and you'll you could do that. You can do it. I don't think that you necessarily need to sink hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You know, an instant Jimi Hendrix sound. You know, you, you if you really want to sound, if there's a certain sound you hear in your head, you could do that. You just need to be patient and utilize utilize. I, I keep saying EQ, but I mean I I mean it. I I, I EQ. I keep the the heck out of out of guitars to get a certain sound or the bass. Yeah. Yep. You know, fine tune it. You know, and they, get it to where you want it. They must have laughed at me, though. Like, <laughs> you know, like we all deal with sweet one. You get your own representative. You know, that's a crock of shit. I got to kick out of that crap too. <laughs> I'm your representative, dude. You're here to just tell me shit. Knock I know. the fuck off, you're a salesman. You know exactly. And, and exactly. I'm the guy. I got uh, one of those. Yeah, and I'm telling the guy, it's like, listen, if I order this. $250 drum program and my computer takes a crap. Uh, what am I out that 250 or he's like, well, no, you have your licensing number and you could re-enter it and download it on your new computer. You got like, what the fuck? You know, the old days you buy something and you have it. Now it's like this virtual shit. It's like, yep. 
All right, I bought this drum program now for 250 bucks. My question is, my computer, which is like, you know, 10 years old, if it takes a shit, you know, am, I, am I out that too, you know? Right, right, And they're looking right, at me right. like, you know, like, they must be looking at me like, oh, like, you're such an old man, you know? I can relate, I can relate. No, no, <laughs> yeah. I can relate to you, Spike, I can relate. I'm like, uh, I want to make sure. Similar, similar happened to me. I had an older computer. Right. Um, what Windows platform, I couldn't even tell you, I don't remember. But it was an older Windows platform, it was an older computer, and when I first started trying to record, you know, using uh, digital software, okay. yeah, sh shortly after that, my computer didn't have, it didn't have the, the RAM. Okay, it couldn't it. handle it, yeah. No, and um, so it just was time, it was time. So I had to contact PreSonus Studio One right. software, uh, the company, and they, uh, they were able to transfer it over to my new computer. You have like a, I don't know. It, they know what they're doing. They know a lot better than you and I, you know, it's what they do. <laughs> right. You know, but, um, yeah. So I've, I've learned to embrace this stuff, you know, and, uh, I like to think that after now many years of mixing and mastering my own music, I like to believe I've gotten a lot better than where I began. I mean, like I said, people, uh, people stream my music. Yeah, I go through CD Baby. So you're doing something right, right? That's that's all I say to myself, and and I think I said this to uh, that other show that did a podcast that interviewed me. You know, I miss having someone like a, there's no drummer to yell at. You know, there's no <laughs> there's no one to really like bounce something off of right, right. here where i am it's a double-edged so, sword though i know what you're getting at it is you know a what i'm trying to sword. say right yes but you know what though it's funny because um you said he's you feel lonely i know you're doing it all yourself and you feel lonely but then you go to the other side of the coin and it's like this guy that was supposed to show up an hour and a half ago you know <laughs> isn't here yet and now he's here yeah, and he's not feeling it it's like dude it's i want to fucking strangle you you fucking been you kidding me? been down that road exactly yeah. as so you're you go back to it. i wish i yes. could sing if i could sing i would do i could play bass i could play drum i could, i could play mm -hmm. drums i got drum set i could do it all okay yeah. i can't sing so if i could sing you know what everybody could go to hell and i would just do it all myself i know what you're well, saying I, I, listen spike i'm i'm going to tell you right now i'll leave an open invitation you know, um, I'd be glad to vocals, guitar, whatever done. you're asking. Done. I'd be glad. Done. I'm calling you out right now. Done. I'm Fucking glad. Done. Without I'm honored. Okay, it's just an so honor. you, just so you know, hold on. I got my. Even though you're older than me. I got. You know, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> hold on a second. I'm pulling up my ledger right now. That's got. Okay, oh, no. That's got that. Um, <laughs> I have right now. No bullshit. I have with with drummers. And without drummers, you know, with electronic drums, I have right now 18 songs ready to go. Yabba dabba do. Okay? So don't threaten me with a good time, brother. Let's do this. I got 18 songs here okay. that need fucking vocals. And I want to relate. Listen to me. I want to relate to you on that, too. I have I have many, uh, many songs that I have begun, gotten a minute and a half into them. Right. And now they just sit on my computer. Oh, I got because, a ton of that, too. Because I don't know what it is. Um, if it doesn't hit me in a certain way, right? Then I'm. I, I don't know. Maybe initially it started off and it was something that felt good, you know. And then the 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 drive, the enthusiasm of it, just Wings. fell by the wayside. Yep. I don't. I can't I, even describe. Yeah, I call it staying power. I can't describe like, it. You come up with something new and you're like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. After 13, 14, 15, 18 times, you're like, meh. It doesn't have the staying power, you know. I'm gonna blame it on this. You ready? I'm gonna blame Go it ahead. on this. All right, because I'm using um, programmable drums. Okay. And I'm very serious about the drumming. What do you use anyway for your drums? I was curious. I use this. Um, I, I became really good friends with a guy who runs. Uh, he he basically works for Presonus. He happens to, he happens to be a drummer, and he has a uh, a home studio. It's uh, HST uh, Home Studio Training. Dot com. I'm not plugging him. It's just you You asked, and that's how I got to, to know him. It's a, it's a great, one of the greatest guys I've ever met. He's, um, he shared with me, I don't know, it's got to be at least two to 300 different drum samples of his own, and they're, they're actual drums. So 
if you know when i'm doing a song i build a kit um snare toms floor tom crash splash every song i'm assigning you know individual drums i'm building a kit for that particular song so i spend a lot of time on the drums you know one one song in itself the drums could take i don't know two two months so my point here and what i was saying was about why i get stuck with songs right a lot of the times i feel like the drums aren't right it's just it's not what i hear in my head and it's gonna sound natural too that too and and if if it doesn't i don't know so that's that's part of my frustration sometimes i you know i miss having a real drummer you know but uh i miss though a lot of stuff with a real you know my drummers when they would show up you know I like jamming, just, you know, you know, you know, you got this beat going, I got this, and you know, you're changing, and you, you could just say it on the fly, how you want to change it up, you know, make it work, rather than sitting there clicking these buttons and trying to, like, you're trying to convey what's in your head and making the MIDI play it, it's like, fuck, it could be so frustrating, where instead of creating, you're sitting here doing this shit, you know? Right, exactly, and right. all that time that gets invested in that, yep. Right, it, it, it could be a little bit of a frustrating experience. I know. I know it is for me sometimes. Yes. All right. So it's time for another song here. Um, we're going to play Praying Mantis from Adam Hyman. Check this one out. So, Adam, let me ask you a question. Uh, I assume you're on all digital media outlets. Um, yes. You know, it's all social medias. You know, how can people find you? Well, I mean, look, uh, if it's Spotify, if it's iHeartRadio, Apple, 
Apple Music. Um, I'm leaving out a whole bunch of them. Deezer. It's all that gets distributed when you're you have an account with CD Baby. In other words, you YouTube Music. You know, I don't I don't do that myself. It's what I pay them to do, which doesn't cost a whole lot of money, by the way. It's not very expensive, but um, really great service out of CD Baby. I can't say enough uh, great things about them. So they get my music out there. I'm pretty active on Twitter myself, as you know. Right, right. Um, so, you know, that's where I do a lot of the sharing of my music. You're on Facebook, too, and all of those? Yeah, I have opinions about Facebook. I don't think we it's necessarily, <laughs> you know, the best place, you know, especially if you're looking to, uh, you know, get your name out there. Right. You know, I don't know. I, I, I really do believe that Twitter is probably the best way to go for most bands oh, that are I trying agree. to get, you know, yep. get some recognition. Um, and the support, as we've spoken about, too, from other, you know, players, other bands and musicians is awesome. Everybody just seems to have each other's backs for the most for the most part, at least in my experience. Yeah. And it's uh, uh you can't get that anywhere else. It's 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 uh, I cherish that. It's awesome. Well, Adam, I want to thank you so much. I wanted you on the show. Like I said, episode two, I wanted you on the show, but we, we talk, spoke about it and you were busy and all of this and that. But I'm glad we finally got to do it. Um, so am I. Adam Hyman music guys, check it out. If you're not listening to it or you're not following, then you truly are missing out. So give a, you know, of course, nothing to follow, especially if you're on Spotify, just hit the follow button. You know, it's nothing to you, but it means a lot to musicians. Um, Adam, thank you so much, brother. I'm so glad we got to do this and we got to do it again soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much too, Spike. No, terrific. All right, guys, listen, be good to one another. Thank you for tuning in. This was Backstage with Spike, episode 16. I didn't think I would make it past the second fucking episode. This is so <laughs> cool. And thank you for all your support, guys. Be good to one another out there and be kind. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, I promised uh, Adam I would do this for him. Um, well, there's a lot of you folks know, and some of you may not. Um, we lost one of our. Um, in the uh, music community members, Jeff Crowder, um, awesome, awesome individual. I wish I had the pleasure of knowing him, but I know his music and um, his passing uh, hit a lot of people very hard, especially uh, Adam. Um, Jeff was the founding member of the band Black Rose Reception. And uh, he's there, was their drummer. And um, he passed away. Um, uh, Adam and his wife were uh, very close, and I know that um, uh, Jeff's long-term girlfriend, Missy, and Adam's wife were planning a trip they were going to get together as soon as this whole corona thing was done. But um, things didn't, you know, come to pass, and uh, we lost Jeff. Um, it's a sad thing. Um, it makes you realize just how, you know, human we all are, and, you know, we don't know how much time we have or you know what's in store for us so make the best of everything enjoy yourselves and uh having good friends and good music i mean these the little things in life that count um i don't know them personally but um i do know that guitarist uh pat gillespie um has been speaking with adam hyman and um they're going to be moving on um they they miss jeff very much but um they're going to keep playing. Um, they're going to be some of the songs that, you know, with Black Rose Reception, they're going to keep those going. I know that. But they are going to change the name of the band out of respect for Jeff because uh, Black Rose Reception, that was his baby. That was that was his thing. So out of respect for him, they're going to change the name of the band. But they will be playing. Um, Mark, Pat, and Jason, um, I don't know, you know, if they're all going to stay together, but I, I know for the most part, they found the new drummer and they're going to keep things going and um, in memory of Jeff. And, um, you know, it's, it's sad that, you know, things like this happen. But like I said before, you know, you know, we, we can't, um, we keep, nothing's a guarantee in life, you know, so enjoy what you have, enjoy it while you do have it and make the most of it. Um, our sympathies go out, you know, Mark, Pat, Jason, Missy, you know, um, God bless and, 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 and keep, keep well. Um, I'm going to close out the show with yet another song. Um, this is a song, um, Honeysuckle Blue. I love this song. Um, 
by uh, Black Rose Reception, and um, we're going to close the show out with it. Um, I know you guys will enjoy it. Jeff, brother, rest in peace. Oh, oh, oh.